Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? It's going good, Amy. And we've got some big news this week, Amy. Uh, do tell. Well, the EC, Amy. We have a, a new interim president. Yes, I'm aware. I just, you you came right out of the blocks. Normally, you don't do that. Normally, well, you're I mean, like, it's that I'm big feeling of news, whatever. It's that big. Okay, fine. Yes, very big news. We definitely uh, were aware of that. And, uh, you know, lots of folks passing that news around. So we will have to get to that. Yes, we discuss. will. But yes, bu- busy week in Nashville. All right. Also, it's a new month. And that means peppermint mocha cookie. Sweet 31 baking yeah. company. I I got to tell you, I really should be the one who looks this up since it is where I live. And I yeah, could, since you could literally get, order and go pick them up. Right. Right. I should probably stay on top of this more. You should. But, you should. Yeah. But doesn't that sound delicious, though? It, absolutely, it does. Peppermint mocha cookie. Wow. Mm. Okay. Well, I expect you to send me a box, Amy. Uh, okay. Keep an eye out. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Just keep an eye out on that mail and let's see what shows up. Okay. All right. Well, hey, we, we mentioned the big news of the week. We'll get to that in just a second. Before we do that, we do want to thank our sponsor each and every week here on the podcast, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. All the upheaval and disruption over the past two years has left many asking, what does ministry look like now? The Ministry Now Conference will answer this question on March 22nd to 24th. Experienced ministry leaders from across the nation will gather at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas to explore how God's churches can thrive in this ever-changing ministry context. Founded on an unyielding commitment to biblical truth, built by expert practitioners, and designed to encourage and equip God's people in every area of ministry, this gathering will empower you to live your calling wherever you serve God. So join them in Fort Worth, Texas on March 22nd to 24th. Reserve your tickets now at swbts.edu slash ministrynow2022. That's swbts.edu slash ministrynow2022. All right, Amy, I mentioned it at the top of the episode. Willie McLaren has been named the SBC Executive Committee Interim President and CEO. Big announcement this week for sure. We've been you know, kind of wondering. Obviously, the EC has been waiting for that spot to be filled since November. And so we've had about three months here. Everybody, you know, you guys have been clicking along um, and and getting things done. But now we know that Willie McLaurin will be the leader during this interim time between Dr. Ronnie Floyd's tenure and the next president. So big announcement. Of course, we uh, love Willie McLaurin, and uh, I had just loved working with him in my time at the EC. I think I got there in October, and he came in October 2019, and he came maybe in January 2020, yeah. something like that. Yeah, it started so, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he got there just in time for us to get ready to cancel a meeting. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of a crazy year uh, when he first came. He's already seen a lot in his time at the executive committee. But Roland Slade and the officers made that announcement. And of course, then that will be, according to the bylaws, that's pending approval of the full board. But the officers are the ones who bring that to them and they are able to designate so that he can already begin the work. Uh, between now and the meeting. Yep. All right. So uh, many of you know Willie from his time at the Tennessee Baptist Convention. He served the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board for about 15 years, 
uh, serving as a special assistant. And I think at one time also associate exec to Randy Davis. So uh, congratulations to Willie. Looking forward to that. And uh, Amy, one of the things that we asked about in our first episode this year was, would we see more diverse first and second chair leaders? Well, we're one for one so far. There you go. Yeah. So that's a, a kind of a big piece of this, that he is the first African-American leader to lead an SBC entity. So that's been a discussion for a long time. And right now he is is there in that first chair role. So when the GCC meets in February, the Great Commission Council, he will be a part of that and will be the first African-American uh, entity leader in that meeting. Yep. All right. Well, we got some comings and we got some goings, Amy. Bill A.G. has announced his retirement from the California Southern Baptist Convention. That's right. So Bill A.G. has been there. We just calculated this the other day for about five we? years. <laughs> we? Okay. We were messaging back and forth trying to figure out, and I got my math wrong. Well, I had it. And I, I said five you years. said five, and, and I said, said, no. It's only been four. four. Well, and here's why. I know that, I know that, we want to think that it's just because I can't subtract. I can, but remember it is a new year and sometimes you get the year, it, you know, it takes you a little while. So I was thinking, Amy's still writing 20, 2020 on her checks. I was thinking 2021. And so then when I saw he had started in 2017 or I saw, yeah, that that's when Fermin Whitaker had left. I just was, I just thought four years and then it hit me. It's 2022. So it's not that I don't know how to subtract but it is but anyway so you confirmed that he'd been there for five years he will begin a transition to retirement on february 1 which was already this week so it's already transitioning begin and conclude by december 31 and uh, they already have a transition plan to find a new executive director he will actually start moving to oklahoma we'll let pete ramirez who is the associate executive director take on kind of a greater role as the chief operating officer. And then he's still available to help if no one is selected before December 31st. So, uh, so, so he's there in the role, but yeah, he's already beginning his, his transition to retirement. So congratulations to him on retirement and uh, pray for our friends in California as they look for a new state exec. So that makes three, Amy, California, the BGAV of Virginia, the uh, the Baptist General Association of Virginia, and Maryland, Delaware, that are open right now. Lots of lots of searching going on. Yep, all across the country, from coast to coast, Amy, from coast to coast, we're searching for Southern Baptist leaders. That's right. That's right. From the west to the east, all the way. All right. Yes. It's first of the month, Amy. You know what that means? CP. And this is That's a right, big a- one, Amy. I got some good news. Yes, you I texted do. you this the other day when I heard it, and I was like, oh my goodness, check this out. And I didn't realize at the time how significant it was. But the January total, $21.1 million in change, the second highest monthly total that we've seen in National Cooperative Program Allocation Budget Giving in the last decade. My records only go back to 2012 that I have access to. Like that, Like personally, I keep records. Yes, I'm a nerd. I have a spreadsheet, Amy. I think you've seen this spreadsheet yes. of all the CP monthly giving all the way back to 2012. Of course you do. Of course I do. Okay. Yes, I do. There was only one month and that was February of 2019 that eclipsed $21.1 million. Actually, well, $21 million, but it, it just a hair above 
where we are now. It's just a few thousand dollars above where we are this month. It's the second largest month we've had since 2012, maybe even further back than that. But that puts us, Amy, get this, at 12% above the budget for the fiscal year. My word. We are, we are over $70 million, $71 million and change after four months. So can you do that math real quick? If we if we did $71 million every four months? No. Can you just do it, please? $213 million. There you go. Thank you. That would Appreciate be huge. That. That'd be huge. That, that would be huge. So yes. building up some cushion, too. Uh, we're at 98 or so percent more than last year at this time. So about nine point eight, about six and a half million dollars more than where we were this time last year, where we were about sixty four point eight million dollars. So we are well above the budget of sixty three million dollars right now. And uh we're clicking along in cooperative program giving. Also the designated receipts, Amy, are way up too. Seventeen percent over last January. And for the first four months they are about ten percent up. So giving across the board in the Southern Baptist Convention, strong and a testament to the faithfulness and the generosity of Southern Baptists across the country. So just to give you a little bit of comparison here, I, when I was looking for my uh, my segment later, you know, yeah. the, this week in SBC, SBC history. Well aware, Amy. Well aware. Yes. Um, I, now, I didn't choose this, but one of the things that I did stumble on was a story in 1958 where at that time it was the highest cooperative program month in history. Okay. Um, was it like 25, yeah. 30 million, like way over what we're doing now? Well, it was, um, it was actually 1,475,664. That was the January cooperative program receipts. And it was the highest month in history, you know, so far, of course, that's about like 33 years into the cooperative program. And that was a huge thing to celebrate. Look at where we are now. Kind of amazing. All right, Amy. Well, here's some good news. That amount right there, that $1.475 million that you just had, that would be like having $14.2 million today. So if you factor in inflation, so that was the the power of that money then versus today. So we're about a 50% increase on what that was even. That's pretty incredible. That's yeah. very exciting. And I'm glad you even thought to do that because I certainly didn't. So really exciting to see that news and, you know, looking forward to seeing what we're going to, you know, what the trends are in Lottie giving as well as Annie giving as those come in later, kind of in the spring, I guess, you know, the, the Lottie yeah. really starting to roll in now. Annie will be coming in just a few months from now. Yeah. Quick question, Jonathan. Yeah. It, was there anything special or unique about this as far as like, Overage designated gifts, months, you know, weeks there off. There was a little like bit where, of that. There was a little yeah. bit of that because of uh, Mississippi, I think, had some overage that they gave. I think North Carolina may have given a little bit of overage as well or have some overage coming. Um, so, you know, we've got a little bit of that. But but overage is not like selling a building and giving that. Like, you know, we've right, had in the past still, Florida one year yeah. gave like $3.1 million extra and the monthly total was way out of whack with everything else. Um, not that it was bad. I'm just saying like there was this one time gift that wasn't normal, but the overage means like giving is way up. So like, if you right. go through, I looked at it, if you go through and you look at the state by state totals right now versus where they were last year, Florida, North Carolina, Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma, SBTC, BGCT, Mississippi, Louisiana, Kentucky, all of those are up. And, and overages mean that more generosity on the part of 
churches, on yep. the part of people. That's just, uh, that's all very good. So, because we haven't seen the big swings in state percentages like we saw. Yeah. We've seen it a little bit here and there. We've seen it in North Carolina a little bit. But right. for the most part, a lot of the southern states, the big dollar southern states, pretty much where they have been for a while. Maybe yeah. just slight increases here and there. But Southern Baptists are giving more. Showing so, up. Yep. Ex- exciting news and, there. And and here's here's something else that that sends a message to. I mean, that's actually one of the ways we can really track where support is, where the grassroots are, um, is how they are stepping up. Like if the people are are giving more, if the churches are are sending more, that tells us something that they are ready to go on mission together. And so I think that's a, a really exciting thing. It's exciting in terms of provision. It's also exciting in terms of what it communicates. Absolutely. You know what's also exciting about going on mission together? What? Sending out 48 new missionaries from the IMB. Amen. This is a lot of good news in this uh, in this episode. It's so, like good news for the week. Forget good news for right. the day. That's you know, right. We so got the 40, podcast and all, but this is yes. rolling. 48 missionaries. Uh, it was on February 2nd. So that was this week at Mount Vernon Baptist Church in Glen Allen, Virginia. That was right at the same time as the Board of Trustees meeting. So I, uh, we have some good, good friends from South Carolina who are on the, uh, who he is on the, the board. And we got to have dinner with them on their way up to Richmond. And they were talking about heading to the sending service. So very exciting uh, time and my goodness, 48 more. I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't stop. And there's a great BP story that shares some specifics uh, about a couple of different, you know, units that are, that are going to tell some great stories there. And so definitely worth looking at that. Got a journeyman that's headed back. Uh, so re- just really exciting stuff. Absolutely. So congratulations to our friends at the IMB and to all our missionaries, uh, the new missionaries that we were sending out. So we, we talked about how we've wanted to get 500 more missionaries on the field by 2025 and get those numbers back up uh, to kind of their historic highs. And it's going to take sending ceremonies with 48 and 60 and 50 and stuff like this for us to see that. So this is encouraging. It's a great sign. And congratulations to all our friends over at the IMB for that. All right, Amy, some rather interesting political news. Many of uh, our listeners will be familiar with Wade Burleson. He's announced that he is running for Congress. I did not see this coming. I really didn't. I don't think I had even realized he had retired from the pastorate. I, I, I just didn't catch that, but he retired last year. So Wade Burleson, Emanuel Baptist Church in Enid, Oklahoma. He's been the pastor there for 30 years. He made his announcement that he is running for the U.S. House of Representatives from Oklahoma. Had a video that he dropped on Twitter and all that. I mean, I, I sat there and thought, this is this is wild. And let me tell you, here's what I thought. So Wade Burleson sort of came on the scene in Really, he in 2006 is when he became kind of a household name among Southern Baptists who were engaged in uh, kind of the day to day goings on. And people can go back and look at the the discussions at that time. But he's been a major voice, uh, definitely as an International Mission Board trustee back then, but also 
a lot of his advocacy through the years um, for how we handle sexual abuse, like just, just lots of different things. He's been a major participant. This is what I thought. I thought about, do you remember how in old high school yearbooks you would do those prophecies where you'd say like in 20 years, this person will be doing this. It made me start thinking about like certain seasons in Southern Baptist life when you have kind of the whole where, you know, we're all part of a cast of characters. Would I have ever said, and Wade Burleson will announce his bid for us Congress. I don't, I don't think I would have back then. I'm not sure what I would have foreseen, but it's kind of, kind of crazy and wild. I, so this will be one to, to watch and track. We certainly do have other, uh, we have Southern Baptists who are serving in the U S house and, Senate, the one that comes to mind the most that was also engaged a lot in the convention would be James Lankford, also in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So the ones who are serving now have been part of Southern Baptist life at varying levels, whether it's just as a member of their local church or really involved in the system. So, but if Wade Burleson wins, he will be, you know, he'll be one that people really, really know and and remember have interacted with. So kind of interesting. All right, so we'll keep an eye out on this and uh, see how it goes for Wade. I think you know there's a um, a primary coming June 28th for that third district in Oklahoma. So uh, keep an eye out on that and uh, and see what happens. So, Amy, some other news this week. It, it's kind of like not like news, more than like an announcement. But you know what opened this week? Registration. Well, pre-registration. And pre-registration. Child care registration. I'm sorry. Yeah, registration for childcare. And yes. messenger pre-registration. Please remember, this is something that you definitely want to do. It allows for you to have greater ease when you are registering at the annual meeting. Uh, you just get to, you do all of kind of the legwork at the beginning, and then you've just got your registration in the system. So then when you come and show up to get your ballot, it's all already there. Yep. It also helps planning on the side of the annual meeting, Jonathan. So uh, makes things a yes. lot easier for you. Makes things easier for Jonathan. That's right. That's right. So it's open now. It's open all the way up until the meeting itself. So your your spot isn't going to go away for pre-registration because every church gets a certain amount of, yeah. of spots. So that doesn't go away. But if you need child care, we would recommend that you go ahead and take care of that now. Yeah. Those will go away. Straight yes. Up. Like yes. your child care registration will be closed and probably full, I would guess, by April 15th at the latest, maybe. I don't know where we are on that, but um, I need to get like weekly updates on that one because we're going to be close on that one. Right. I, I get because weekly that's updates not, on Because Giant Cow handles and, that, right? Huh? Because Giant Cow handles that, they right? Handle that's the yeah. yes, they handle yeah. the kids' part. Yes, they handle the kids' There's a different people for child care, for preschoolers, and Youth on Mission stuff. Youth on Mission, obviously, led by WMU. So we have a contracted group that does preschool child care. And then uh, Giant Cow, like you said, is doing the uh, the children 5 to 12 years old. So, right. yeah. So the the big moo, as we call it. And okay, by we, I mean me. <laughs> yes. So, all I was right, going to say, so, I've never called it that. So Yeah, you know. I, I call it a lot of things and it just make up something, you know. That's going to do it for our news this week and bring me to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. I'm going to tell a little something. This goes back to 1960 for a piece of news that I have not ever seen before or heard that I was a little disappointed to read. 
It was a very, very short story, very quick news brief, just kind of an update from February 1960. It said uh, the headline was Hollywood cancels Wake Forest film. Okay, now let me be clear. When it's talking about Wake Forest, it was uh, it was already Wake Forest College was already in Winston-Salem. So that's not here in town, uh, which would have been even more disappointing. But it said a Hollywood movie studio has canceled plans to use Wake Forest College here as setting for a film starring singer Bing Crosby. Whoa. And so it said, yeah, so they were going to start filming a, a, a movie in February on campus at Wake Forest and the studio, it said the studio canceled the plan to film the movie here because it felt parts of the picture might not be in keeping with Wake Forest college traditions. What I can't tell is, was it, did that mean that there was like concern about the, you know, the, the like material in the film? You think it was the dancing? I don't know. Now there was a huge controversy back then about dancing at Wake Forest College. So maybe there was something about that. I don't know if there was, I mean, it could be that it meant like there, you know, every college has traditions, things that they do, you know, like if they decorate the campus for certain things or whatever. And was that going to, was filming going to disturb whatever, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I know is there could have been a movie out there a Bing Crosby movie in all these places. That's a beautiful campus. I love, I love to visit the Wake Forest University campus. My favorite thing to do at the Wake Forest University campus is to go stand in the field, beautiful kind of lawn of campus and to look just to really look at the chapel because it's the exact same construction. I mean, there's a couple of minor differences, but very difficult to spot. Ryan Hutchinson can spot them, but they constructed the same building as Binkley Chapel here at Southeastern Seminary. So they just basically, because it was their chapel when Wake Forest College was here, and then they basically just built the same building. So it's super weird and eerie for me to stand in that lawn and look at it. And it's like, it's just like they dropped it, you know, in the middle. But it's a beautiful campus. And we could have had this Bing Crosby movie everywhere. And I had no idea. So kind of sad to hear but this makes me want to start going back and looking at what movies were happening around that time and which one it might have been what, what so year I, was it the filming was going to be in 1960 we we need to figure this out i'm gonna i'm gonna do some research to see if i can find no i think it is high time that's what i was looking at just now high time but that was released in 1960 yeah but let me give you the summary Widower and hamburger restaurateur Harvey Howard decides to go to college at 51 years of age. Ah. Resisting the easy path, he insists on not receiving preferential treatment and lives in a dorm like the other students. So could have been at Wake Forest College, but it wasn't. So uh, disappointing news happening. Not really sure why uh, they decided what those uh, traditions were. But it says he gets involved in study sessions, fraternity initiations, sporting events, and then falls in love with the French teacher. So well, that would be against uh, university policies. Well, he's a 51 year old student. It's so. a student, Amy. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, anyway, I, I'm going to go look this, this film up, but it probably was going to be at Wake Forest Baptist College. However, it wasn't. And we learned about it this week in SBC history. Yep. Wow.
Sorry, Bing. White Christmas 2 will have to be shot at Southern Seminary instead of at Southeastern, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So, all righty. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Oh, mine's a great Baptist Press story. Tim Cox. Amy, they're all great. Uh, I know. I know. But uh, Tim Cox, who's an incredible writer on your staff, did a story about uh, my church. Last week, we celebrated 20 years as the Summit Church. So uh, Homestead Heights Baptist Church was planted in 1962, 60 years ago. And then in 2002, sort of relaunched as the Summit Church to reach the Triangle. That's also when uh, J.D. Greer came as the pastor. So we had a, a really incredible service last week celebrating all of these things. And Sam James, who was the pastor that planted Homestead Heights Baptist Church, he was there uh, celebrated JD's tenure as pastor, but did a lot to look at the 300 people of Homestead Heights who kind of said, we're going to stake our claim on this uh, future as ascending church. And really just a great time of reflecting on some of the things that have happened in the last 20 years. So we got, uh, I really, really appreciated the BP story, but there's also videos, uh, just lots of different things there. We'll put those in the show notes, um, but really exciting stuff. So that's my resource is that story. Um, very excited for my church. Yes. Really cool. So uh, your resource of the week is something that you were part of. Mine is something I'm part of, and it is the Road to Anaheim series. And that is a video series previewing Anaheim and the SPC annual meeting, uh, just like it sounds. So we did this last year with the Road to Nashville had a little bit of a detour along the way on that road, Amy. Uh, moved the uh, yes. <laughs> moved the convention from Gaylord to the Music City Center, but all now those, we're back. All, there you go. The all those Anaheim. great episodes that we did in the Opryland Hotel, and then never mind. Not again. So yeah, this year a lot more interviews. Changed the format up just a little bit to make it easier, and also to provide more information, make these a little bit longer. So uh, some of the interviews are going to be coming a lot later. Uh, the, the later part in the series are going to be a bunch of the interviews talking about different parts of the annual meeting. So it's crossover. It'll be resolutions, motions, messenger orientation, those kind of things, like all the things that, you know, we'll have President Ed Litton on. We'll have uh, Abby Maggio, who's running the, doing the, uh, who's leading our worship this year, have her on, have a lot of different people on talking about crossover, different things like that. So a lot of interviews coming up later in the year. That'll allow us to uh, to kind of get a lot of information on the road to Anaheim. So had a great time shooting that on the campus of California Baptist University just a couple weeks ago. And uh, hard to believe that's just been a couple weeks ago uh, that I was out there doing that. So uh, got those up and running, and you can check those out at theroadtoanaheim.net. All right, Amy, it's been an episode chock full of good news this week. So uh, how, how about we do that again next week? Get, a, get us another week of good news. That sounds great. I'm going to be in Florida a little bit next week. The state convention exec meeting is going on. So be down there with some of our friends from the state Baptist papers, as well as uh, I'm making a trip, Amy, to kind of your neck of the woods, headed to Charlotte, scoping out the 2023 SBC annual meeting site this week. So got a busy week on my end and uh, looking forward to, uh, to seeing some folks and having some meetings. And Amy, I'll see you next week. See you next week. See you next week.